I would like for you to jump right into the psalm and notice with me Psalm 7, uh, verse 72, rather, where it says, 119, look at verse 72 with me, where it says, The law of your mouth is better to me than thousands of coins of gold and silver. You'll notice the psalmist says the word of God is very valuable. And we who know Christ as Savior, we understand the value of the word of God. Now please keep in mind, those who have not accepted Christ as Savior and who do not have the Holy Spirit living within uh, would not value the Bible. In fact, there are multitudes of people in our society today that are constantly criticizing the Bible or putting it down and just believe that it's man's word rather than God's word, you and I know that the Bible claims to be inspired by God. 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. We know that as believers. When it says all scripture, that means all 66 books of the Bible is given by inspiration of God. It, the term inspiration is the word God breathes. And God so guided the human writers that we have in our hands this morning, if you have a copy of the Word of God, we have the very Word of God that He wants us to have as His people. Yes, it's very valuable. The psalmist said, and I'm going to read that verse again, 72, The law of your mouth is better to me than thousands of coins of gold and silver. The uh, New Living Translation says, your instructions are more valuable to me than millions in gold and silver. And that's because the Word of God tells us about God Himself and how we can have a relationship with Him. We have a relationship with Him through Jesus Christ. The Word of God tells us that Jesus Christ is God, God the Son. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then all the way down in John 1.14, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. We celebrate Christmas when God the Son took upon himself flesh and blood. So the Word of God is very valuable because it tells us who God is. It tells us how we can know him. It tells us that we come through God the Son. Jesus said, I am the way. And it tells us how to live before him. So that's why the Bible is valuable. One of the things I deeply appreciate about the Iwana Clubs, and I don't know if I can find it real quick or not. Yeah, the Iwana Clubs is in the uh, their workbook for a number of years, T&T Boys. Uh, they studied, why did God give us the Bible? And we put this on a uh, laminated card for them. And I'm going to read them off. I just mentioned why God gave us the Bible. So we can know him. Okay? <clears throat> That's number one on this. Which these young boys have come to understand. Why did God give us the Bible? So that we can know who God is. Psalm 100 verse 3. So we can know that he is the only true and living God. You know, these young people, they hear about all the religions of the world. They need to know there's only one true God. And we only get to know him through his son, Jesus Christ. Number three, we can know God's words are true. John 17, 17. He gave us the Bible so that we can learn about people in the past 
and how they live before God uh, so that we can understand that we are born sinners. I remember not too long ago, not too many weeks ago, I was talking to an individual about his need for Jesus. And I told him, you know, the Bible says we're all born sinners. And I kid you not, he said, born sinners. Born sinners. It says that. He was not familiar with the fact of Romans 3.23, for all have sinned, come short of the glory of God. We have the Bible so that we can know that Jesus is God. John 1.1, 1, 1, I mentioned it. So that we know that we need a Savior. Neither is there salvation in any other. And so that we can know how to live before him. So the, the psalmist is praising God for this valuable uh, word of God, which Psalm 119 is talking about. Now, it's very interesting that he begins, and these verses were read for us this morning. Blessed or happy are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. It's interesting that the psalmist begins by using the word blessed or happy are those who walk in the law of the Lord, who walk in the word of God, who understand that God's word was given to us so that we might know how to walk before him. Uh, you've probably heard many people say that, um, that one of the goals of people today is to be happy. Well, how can we be happy? We can be happy or we can be blessed when we have the word of God. Blessed is the one who walks in the law of the Lord. Uh, and uh, we are encouraged by the things that God has said to us. Uh, the psalmist goes on and he says um, that the word of the Lord is a, uh, a sure means by which we can live. And, and listen to this terminology for a minute with me. A pure life before God. Uh, we're going to talk about the darkness in society today. Well, what did he say? Look at verse 9. How can a young man cleanse his way? Supposing someone is born in sin and apart from God and gets involved in the things of life that are not pleasing to God, well, how can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to the word of God. By looking, what does God say about this? What does God say about that? How can a young man stay pure in an immoral society? We need to counsel the word of God. And we'll look at this again as well. So again, it's the longest psalm and it's the longest chapter in the Bible. And what's interesting I was noticing is the psalmist who wrote this was a man who was persecuted, persecuted for his faith in God. I never really noticed it before this time. Uh, so, uh, notice with me verse 23, 119 verse 23. Nope. Princes also sit and speak against me, but your servant meditates on your statutes. And then verse 78, look at that one with me. Let the proud be ashamed, for they treated me wrongfully with falsehood, but I meditate on your precepts. You know what's interesting, he says? I'm being persecuted for my faith in the true and living God. There are a lot of people in our world today that are being persecuted because of their faith in the Lord. Well, what does he do in the light of that? In light of the fact that people misunderstand him, they lie about him, they're trying to get him to move away from his faith, and a lot of that goes on in our society today. What does he say he does 
in both those verses. He says in verse uh, 23, Princes also sit and speak against me, but I meditate on your statues. I hear these negative things that are said against me, he says. And I'll tell you what I do. I meditate on the word of God. How awesome that is. Your servant meditates, verse 23, on your statutes. And this in turn gives, us, gives him rather victory over those who want to bring him down. Let's talk a little bit about meditating on the word of God. To meditate, of course, means to ponder it, to reflect upon it, to go over the Word of God over and over in our mind and thinking. And I think we would agree that sometimes we read the Word of God too quickly. We, we don't slow down enough to see what it's really saying. And the psalmist said, let's put these two things together again. There are people who wanted to uh, pull his faith down. There are people who wanted to harm him. There are people who spoke evil against him. But he said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. He didn't say, I'm going to go after him. He said, I'm going to meditate, Lord, on the things that you have given to me. Very important to meditate on the Word of God. It really is. I would say um, that's one of the areas I need to work on more. And I'm going to work on more in 2020 because um, well there's great value in meditating on the word of God and I'm going to admit that sometimes I read over it pretty quickly and don't ponder it and think about it uh, you remember the Lord said to Joshua before he went into the promised land he said several things to him in Joshua chapter 1 he says I'm going to be with you and I'm going to give you victory over your enemies but Joshua I want you as a leader of the people, I want you to meditate on my word. I'm going to read the verse. It's Joshua 1.8. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. I want you to be speaking about it. And see, they didn't have copies of Scripture. Many in that day didn't have copies of Scripture that they could sit. But I want you to be thinking about the law of the Lord, the Torah, uh, the first five books of the Bible. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night that you may observe to do according to what is written in it. And then he says, then you should be prosperous and then you shall have good success. Now, wow, that's saying a lot. We don't teach here at LBC prosperity theology. Uh, you know, there's some people say, okay, you give God $10 and he'll give you $100. And it just doesn't work that way. <laughs> you know, that's prosperity theology. But prosperity theology is as we allow the word of God to become a part of our lives and experience, he in turn helps us to know how to live and how to please him. We're going to see some of this in just a moment. So interesting. Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. So consider the challenge of do, doing more meditating on the word of God. I'm going to do it today when I get home. I'm going to meditate upon the Word of God. Psalm 119, it's an acrostic psalm. It's alphabetical psalm, alphabetic in its arrangement. In each paragraph of eight verses, each of the verses starts with the same Hebrew letter. 
In other words, the first eight verses start with the Hebrew letter Aleph. The second, Baith. The third, Gimel. And you'll see in some of your Bibles that each of those eight verses has that little Hebrew letter above it. Now, confession time. I took Hebrew a number of years ago, and I forgot how to write those letters. I really, and I needed a magnifying glass to look at because the, the, the curves on them are so. But look in your Bibles. If you have a Bible with these listed, you may see the Hebrew letter before each of the sections. Aleph, Beth, Gimel, Dav, Hey, Vav, Zion, Hey, and on down. Very interesting. And some people say, well, why was it written like that? It was written like that because the people of Israel that day didn't all have copies of Scripture like we had today. So it made it easy to memorize the Word of God. And uh, by the way, I was reading this past week, and I I didn't jot it down his name, but um, a man who was allowed to um, sing before he was hung any part of the Bible he wanted to sing, this gets good. And um, he desire, decided to sing Psalm 119. And before he was one-third of the way through it, his pardon was delivered to him. He knew the pardon was coming, and he didn't want to just sing a short psalm. He wanted to sing a long psalm. Psalm one that we have looked at in times past, uh, says, Blessed is the one who delights in the law of the Lord. Psalm 119 spells out that blessedness that comes from knowing the Lord as Savior and from uh, staying in the Word of God, true happiness. You know, it's amazing. God has given us His Word. And again, I would say we who are here this morning, we know the value of the Word of God. It's very valuable. God has told us how to live. In fact, he has told society at large, no matter what country, uh, society at large, he's taught us how to live with the ten words or the ten commandments. And uh, they're found in Exodus chapter 20. Isn't it amazing that there are some places today where they want to take down the statue of the ten commandments? Do you know in our country those Ten Commandments were put in statue forms by a group, a non-Christian group, who wanted them placed in various cities in our country because in the 60s they felt that um, society was beginning to uh, deteriorate in the young adult level and and young teen level. And so they thought if you take and put God's laws out in the public place, It's going to help. And they chose a number of cities across the country to display the Ten Commandments. But today, there's such opposition to the things of God. Let's take them down. We can't have these things up here. And boy, you know the people who do that, they need the Lord, don't they? They really need the Lord. God has told us how to live in the Ten Commandments. Well, the psalmist, again, uh, used different terms Uh, You've probably heard this before. For the word of God. And almost every verse in Psalm 119 uh, refers to the word of God. Almost every single verse. 
Sometimes it's referred to the law of God. Sometimes it's referred to the word of God. Sometimes it's God's sayings. Sometimes it's God's commandments. Sometimes it's God's statutes, precepts, testimonies, way, path. He uses those different terms to describe things that God has said or made available uh, to us. There are many responses to the word of God uh, that the psalmist records for himself. I thought it was interesting. Uh, He says he delights in the law of the Lord. He says he loves the word of God. He says he obeys the word of God. He says he meditates on the word of God. He says he rejoices when he reads scripture. And uh, it's very interesting to see how... He describes this. In fact, when you go back to those verses that we had read for us this morning, you'll notice that he is saying again, Happy are those who walk in the law of the Lord. Verse 2, Happy are those who keep his testimonies. You know, people want to be happy. They really do. And, And what the psalmist is saying to God's people especially is, You can't really enjoy the happiness that God wants you to experience if you neglect your Bible. Now, I realize I'm not trying to and make it a a goal to make you feel guilty if you haven't read the Bible recently. But some of us may not have. We may not have had our Bibles open. And it's easy. I talk to some people from time to time that say, you know what? Two things. They said, I I haven't... um, read the Bible much recently and I had someone else say and this this is interesting in light of our Sunday school class this morning I haven't prayed much recently in fact there was a lady in New York who said this she said you know I've read all those challenges in the word of God to pray for others and my husband's unsaved and she started crying And she said, I haven't prayed for him for so long. I'm just assuming. I don't even know what I'm assuming. She says, I haven't prayed for him. I said, I'll tell you what. uh, We'll start praying for him. And you start praying for him too. And you know, it wasn't long after that he got saved. (laughs) I wonder why. He got saved. He came to know the Lord as personal Savior. And um, see, it took the, the word of God to convict her of her need to be praying for her spouse. We need to pray for one another. Uh, The psalmist, interestingly enough, has a request in verse 5. And he says, Oh, that my my ways were directed to keep your statutes. He says, uh, I I want my actions to be constantly reflected by your principles. In other words, he hadn't yet attained to the obedience to the word of God that he would like to have attained to. I thought that was really interesting. Oh, that my ways were directed to keep your statutes. But watch down to verse 7. Then he says, okay, now my response is, I'm committed to keeping your word. I will obey your decrees and do not utterly forsake me. I will obey your decrees. I will keep your statutes. Verse 8, do not forsake me utterly. That doesn't mean he would lose his salvation. He was just saying, Lord, I'm not really obeying your law the way I should. In my attitude towards others, in my choices and decisions, 
Lord, help me with that. Help me, Lord, to really use your word. So again, my challenge for myself after this message in Psalm 119 is get the Bible open during the week. You say, Pastor, you do that. Yeah, I do. But do I meditate enough on it that I'm allowing the Lord to minister to me? It's interesting that the Apostle Paul had the same struggle that the psalmist had. The Apostle Paul said, and people look at that and say, well, that's talking about when he was unsaved. I don't think so. I think Romans 7, he says this. Listen to Paul in Romans 7, 19. When I want to do good, I don't do it. When I try to do wrong, when I try, pardon me, not to do wrong, I do it anyway. So we, we all as believers, we, we struggle with fulfilling God's will for our lives as written, in the written word of God. So we don't want to give up. Paul didn't give up. In fact, in Romans 7, he went on to say, Who will free me from this um, quandary that I'm in, this domination of sin, so I can have victory in my life? Who's going to do it? And then, of course, he answered in Romans 7.25, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So we get victory. So, uh, all right, what am I saying here at this point? I'm saying at this point, maybe you have been neglecting your Bible. Maybe you haven't been staying with it long enough. Well, that's over with now. You say, I'm going into a new year. I'm going to have a good new response to the Word of God. I'm going to realize it's very valuable to me, and I'm going to be in the Word of God. I'm going to leave it open in my home. I'm going to read it and allow the Lord to speak and minister to me. In fact, your great verse on victory is 1 Corinthians 15, 57. Thanks be to God who gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 15. Now quickly, there was an insert in your bulletin on the nature of God's word and what it accomplishes. And uh, if you want to look at that insert, you notice number one was it brings blessing and happiness. Either it does or it doesn't. Either it brings blessing or it doesn't. And we know that it does. Secondly, it keeps us pure. It helps us to say no to sin. There's certain things. I remember reading the testimony of a young Christian woman a number of years ago it was in a Sunday school paper and her name was there I thought wow I remember years ago we used to have um, scripture press remember that some of you taught scripture press and they used to have a take home paper and uh, I like those take home I miss them I really do take home paper and it was always related to your lesson well anyway her testimony was she found herself in a situation where she was attempted she, she was tempted to adultery. And she kept saying in her mind, rather the Spirit of the Lord kept saying to her mind, I'm sorry, I stated it wrong. You should not commit adultery. And she said, Boy, she says, if the Holy Spirit hadn't just kept speaking to my mind, the word of God, you shall not commit adultery. She said, There's no telling where I would be now. I thought that was a strong testimony. It was published in Scripture Press. It keeps us from sin, number three. Number four, it gives us wise counsel. Uh, Verse 24. Let's see what verse 24 says here. Verse 24. Your testimonies are my delight and my counselors. So true. You know, the Bible does give us wise counsel. 
It helps us to know the things that God wants us to do. In fact, Psalm 25 verse 9 says, The humble he teaches his way. In other words, if I get proud before God and say, You know, I know what the Bible says. I know what the Bible says. No, we don't do that. We open the Word of God and allow it to minister to our hearts. And we're humble before God. And we say, Lord, I really need your Holy Spirit to teach me your word. Yes, I've studied the word for many years. Lord, I need you to teach me your word. You see, the, the, the word of God gives us wise counsel to live humbly before God. To glean things from scripture if we'll come humbly to the word of God. It encourages those who are grieving. Verse 28, let's see how it's stated here. Verse 28, my soul melts from heaviness. Strengthen me according to your word. Wow. You know, there, there are times when we feel we don't have the spiritual strength we should uh, need to have. So we go to the word of God. And it's amazing how God strengthens us uh, from his word. Uh, more things related. It also um, provides answers for those who taunt us. That's verse um, Let's see, what verse is it? I don't have it written down. Call it out to me, number seven. 22? 42. 42. So shall I have an answer for those who, for him who reproaches me, for I trust in your word. There are a lot of answers in the word of God. God's, aren't there? A whole lot of answers to the questions of life found in the word of God. It gives spiritual freedom. Wow. Verse 45. Let's take a look at it. And I will walk at liberty or freedom for I seek your precepts. In other words, the Bible tells us how to be free from sin. How to deal with sin. And we know this. We know this so well. If we find that we've sinned, what should we do? 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And it's a good thing at the end of any given day to say, Lord, uh, maybe here's something I said today, or maybe here's something I did today that was not pleasing to you, but get it cleared off. Get it, get the slate wiped clean and say, Lord, I confess this to you, and I want to have a new day tomorrow. That's how God wants us to live uh, very clearly. Uh, there's a tremendous freedom we don't have to be bound by sin. It offers us hope. It comforts and releases. It encourages us to thanksgiving. Uh, Fifteen, it allows us to walk safely in a dark world. Look at 105 with me. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. How true that is. Um, we have to look at two things here. We're living in a dark world, but we have the light of the Lord to guide us through. Now, you and I know that the um, lights in those days weren't like these nice new flashlights that we can buy today. I mean, they really shine out the light. I mean, they're awesome. Some of them cost a little bit of money, but they're awesome. And uh, everybody should have a flashlight in their car. I'm looking to see if anybody's smiling at that. And a flashlight in your house. We don't lose electricity around here that much, do we? Really? No. Not really. But um, I got a, had a light shined at me just now. Thank you. Uh, 
when the psalm when the psalmist said, "Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my," he had in mind the little clay dishes that they had back in those days. They were about this long, and they had a little uh, lip on the end, and there was a little wick in there, and they would put oil in these little clay. Has anybody ever seen these from the Holy Land? Yeah, I have too, and um, I wanted to get one, and I never did order it. But um, it's a little clay dish, and there was a little uh, end to it, and they would put a wick down in there. And the thing was, they would only provide light for about one step at a time. Well, that's what God's Word ultimately does. It tells us a whole lot about the future. But with regards to our personal lives and decision-making today, it may only take us a step farther. But the, the beauty of the Word of God is this. If we're willing to obey the Lord for what he asks us to do today, let's say you can come to the end of today and say, okay, I did what God wanted me to do today. It's amazing. Tomorrow, there will be new leading and light from the Lord. I love it. I really do. Do I know everything that I'm going to do tomorrow? Not everything. But I have light for the things I believe God wants me to do today. And then I'll do these things and look back and say, thank you, Lord, for guiding me today. And I know you will guide me in the future. The word of the Lord is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Lastly, uh, verse 11, I wanted you to look at with me just quickly. I'm running a little bit later. Your word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Your word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. You'll notice when he uses the terminology hidden in my heart, it's a verse that's used to encourage memorizing Scripture. And uh, there's great value in memorizing Scripture. And I read this account uh, this past week on the number one reason we should memorize Scripture is because, don't miss this, the number one reason is not just because the Bible encourages us to memorize Scripture, But here it is, ten reasons to memorize Scripture. Number one, Jesus memorized Scripture. Repeat, Jesus memorized Scripture. He quoted the Old Testament on many occasions. In fact, he quoted from 24 different books of the Old Testament. Yes, Jesus was born. He was trained as a young child. He memorized the Word of God. He prayed, communicated with the Father, and he memorized Scripture. God wants us, I believe, to memorize the Word of God. On the piano, on your way out, you'll see some 3x5 cards. This is not a 3x5 card. I couldn't find mine. So I tore a piece of paper. I tore a piece of paper. Um, But that's to encourage you. If you pick one of those up, That's how I get started. Every once in a while when I encourage myself to learn a new verse, I take a 3 by 5 card and I write on it. And and I want to do a verse that I may not be very familiar with. But you will be blessed. You will be blessed. If you're reading the Word of God, maybe you'll take one of the verses out of Psalm 119 and write it out on that 3 by 5 card and memorize it. And you can do it. I can do it. Uh, Sometimes we underestimate uh, what we can do. With regards to memory, we, we really do. In closing, Psalm 119, God's word keeps us 
from sin. The more we know of the Word of God, your Word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. The Word of God gives us strength, specifically in time of sorrow. Psalm 119, verse 28. My soul melts from heaviness. Strengthen me according to your word. It was beautiful, and we'll close in prayer. It was beautiful. Doris Allen had some almost three days where she couldn't sleep. And they were really getting concerned. Even giving her, I think it was Xanax or something like that. She still couldn't go to sleep. She had pain. And um, the Lord laid it on my heart to do something with Doris. And um, Doris knows scripture real well. You know what I'm going to say. I mean, does she or does she not? Can I hear some yes? Amen. So I said, Doris, I said, um, they tell me, you know, you're having trouble falling asleep. And I said, let's go over some scripture together. Your word have I hidden in my heart. And she would say that I might not sin against thee. Um, and quoting scripture, she fell asleep. It is. It was. And the family was very encouraged. And uh, it, it's amazing what the word of God will do. It brings comfort. It brings spiritual strength. It brings us guidance. And it brings us, and we didn't go into this one, but you'll see it on that sheet with what the verses uh, encourage you with regards to the value of the Word of God. It brings you great peace. And all of us, I mean every one of us, have things that come into our lives that steal our peace, that rob us, that get us thinking in the wrong direction. But it's amazing. And I do it, but I know some of you do it. Maybe all of you do it. Where you can open the Word of God and you can go to a passage that speaks to an issue in your life and you can keep looking at it and it's amazing the peace of God that will come over your life. Let's pray together.